How you doing? 5 p.m. service. Come on. Woo! Feeling good. Let's go. Hey, uh, if you've been here more than one time, can you put your hands together for the first time visitors here at the Minneapolis campus? <laughs> Amazing. Hey, uh, thanks for coming on this Memorial Day weekend. Hope you have some cool plans for tomorrow. But hey, before we move on, I just want to uh, honor those people that have given their lives for this country. So can we just shout this place down and just celebrate the people that have given their lives for this country. Hey, this is one church, multiple location if you are new. And uh, we have nine locations throughout the city of Minneapolis and the metro area. And I'm the campus pastor here of the Minneapolis campus. And I'm excited because we're gonna be talking about uh, the Holy Spirit. We're entering into a new, new series called Empower. And I'm super excited for that. Come on, look at that cool graphic. Caitlin Hovland designed that. Come on. One of my favorites so far. And I'm excited. This is my fourth time preaching uh, today, so I might need some feedback. And I know for the 5 p.m. service, that's not going to be a problem, right? Come on. So I'm going to give you a few things to say. Um, I'm going to teach a lot of this. A lot of times I preach and I'm, my veins are popping and I'm getting excited, probably too excited up here. But today I want to teach a little bit. And so when I'm teaching, you hopefully can learn something new. But when I'm preaching, when my veins are popping, then you can shout me down and, and kind of give me some energy and feedback. And one thing you could say is just the classic Amen. You can say, that's good. You say, come on, somebody. Mm. Or you say, preach it. All right. When I say three, say one of those things so we can get ready for God to move in this place. One, two, three. Woo! Ephesians chapter one in this verse uh, found in verse 15 through 19, Paul is speaking uh, to the saints of Ephesians and he's simply just encouraging them. And I believe that your words carry a lot of weight, that it may be insignificant for you, maybe just a small gesture. It might be just a simple time in your life where you encourage somebody, but it can radically change somebody's life. And so for me, I want to do a good job of edifying. I want to do a good job of encouraging, of uplifting people. Words matter. And, and this is what Paul is doing in verse 15, he says this, that's why when I heard of the solid trust you have in the master Jesus and of your outpouring love to all the followers of Jesus, I couldn't stop thanking God for you. Imagine if you walked up to somebody and said, I couldn't stop thanking God for you. That would be a pretty cool thing to hear. So turn to your neighbor and say, I'm thankful for you. And turn to your other neighbor and say, sorry, I chose you second, but I'm thankful for you as well. says, every time I prayed, I'd think of you and give thanks. But I do more than think. I ask. I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally, your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what he is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of the glorious way of life he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him, endless energy, and boundless strength. And the title of our message tonight is From Grace to Grace. Let's pray together. Jesus, we just thank you for who you are in this place. We pray that you just move. Holy Spirit, we pray that you move, that you speak to people's hearts. And 
We don't believe that this is just another service. We believe that this is a supernatural service. I believe that, that people will look back in 10 years and five years and in a few months and, and they'll say that this service, was there was a marking moment that happened, that the Holy Spirit moved in their life that they, like they've never seen before. And so I just pray that I get out of the way. Holy Spirit, I pray you speak through me, not persuasive words, but filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. We give you this service. We give you this message in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Hey, who here loves gifts? Did anyone love gifts in this place? Yes, I love gifts. That's my top love language. Don't tell me you love me. Just give me a gift. Uh, my wife says quality time. I'm learning what that actually means. And for me, uh, I love gifts. I love acts of service. I love when people do things for me. It's awesome. And uh, one of my, the best gift givers of all time is my grandma Hubbard. My grandma Humber, one of the best gift givers. She still sends me cards just randomly. She'll send me probably six, seven different cards a year. And, and it's not just birthdays or anniversaries. It's just because she's thinking of me. And a lot of times it'll be like a little devotional and then a uh, nice letter. But also I know every time she sends me something, there's, there's that $20 bill in there. And many times I bypass that devotional. I'll get to it later, but I, I go straight for that $20 bill. I love gifts. I love Emma's grandparents, but they just write letters and they don't send money. I get excited when I see Grandma Hubbard has sent me something because I know there's a $20 bill. There's some Chipotle with that 20. And I remember one year for Christmas, uh, about 10 years old, I was walking into my Grandma Hubbard's house and I saw all the presents under the tree and I got so excited and Christmas is the best time of of all time, I love Christmas. And uh, I remember the, the gifts began to dwindle down and I began to you know, get upset as a 10 year old because I'm like, okay, I got one more gift left. And then you open up the gift and always, at least for me, always the last gift just never satisfied. Like it wasn't, it was probably the worst gift of all of them. Somehow I chose it last. And so I'm like, Christmas is finally over. And I remember my grandma stood up one year and she said, hey, we got one more gift. And I'm like, what, what, what do we got? And she she took an envelope, something like this. It was, it was behind the tree. She was fooling us all. And she, she said, hey, I got one more gift for everybody. And it just it was simple. And it just said, for everyone, Merry Christmas. And so we're like, okay, what is, what is this? Like, this is nice. Like, like, it got some cash in there. Like, what, what, what we got, Grandma? Like, nothing big, you know? But um, so then you pull out a card and then there'd be like one piece. It would be just cardboard cut out. And one piece and on one side you could see there's like, you know, something, some message is about to be formed. But on the other side, there was a riddle. And I wrote this riddle. My grandma didn't actually use this riddle. I just looked it up online last night. Uh, it says this, first you pour water, then add some stuff that is ground. When I drink what comes out, my alertness can be found. What's my next move? coffee. So we would run to the coffee machine and we would look through the coffee machine and we would find another one of these. And then eventually we would have enough where we turn it to the other side and we would be able to see that there's a message that led us to some other place. And that year we walked into the garage and that was the best gift for me as a child was there was a go-kart in there. And I love that there's this go-kart in my grandma's garage. And I'm telling you the story and you're probably like, what, why? I thought we were talking about the Holy Spirit. This doesn't make any sense. And I believe that the Holy Spirit dropped this story into my heart this week because I, I believe that it perfectly represents the Holy Spirit. Number one, the Holy Spirit is a gift. 
The Holy Spirit is a gift. And, and I don't know what your background is. For me, I grew up in church, but I grew up more conservative. And so for me, I felt like the Holy Spirit was this mystic creature. Like I, I did believe that it was fully God, but I didn't, I didn't believe like it was just like mystic creature. It was hard to describe. It was weird. And if you grew up in church or maybe you didn't grow up in church, maybe you grew up in the same way. And, and so for me, I felt like it was something scary. And so I didn't pursue the Holy Spirit because I thought the Holy Spirit was something scary. But I just want to let you know tonight that the Holy Spirit is a gift. 100% it's a gift. In Matthew 7, it says this. Do you know of any parent who would give his child, hungry child who asked for food, a plate of rocks instead or a piece of fish? What parent would offer his child a snake instead? If you, imperfect as you are, know how to lovingly take care of your children and give them what's best, how much more ready is your heavenly father to give whatever gifts to those who ask him? The Holy Spirit is a gift. And for me, the Holy Spirit has radically changed my life. And it's, it's a gift. You know, if you're, if you're a parent in this place or maybe you just are somebody who loves the gives gift, like you're not gonna give a gift to somebody and, and it's gonna be something scary or, or something that's dark or something that would hurt that person. No, you're gonna give a gift that would uplift and, and encourage and, and you always love giving a gift because you, you see the reaction on that other person's face when they open up your gift. And it's the same thing what, what God is doing. God is giving us the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is a gift. And so throughout the message, I just want you to view the Holy Spirit throughout this season throughout the next week, just view the Holy Spirit as a gift. But also maybe you're in this place and you feel like you just got one piece of the puzzle. And you grew up in church or maybe you didn't and you're just beginning to understand or you're just beginning to learn about the Holy Spirit. And my prayer for you in the next 15 minutes is to be a ch like a child chasing a gift. I think there's something beautiful when we approach the throne of grace like a child. I think there's something beautiful when we approach the Holy Spirit like a child. All right, me and my brothers, there's, there's not a shot that, that we get this first piece of the puzzle and we know that there's this new gift that we are able to open and there's no way that we're gonna be like, hey, let's, you know, team meeting, hey, I'm thinking about like maybe next year. Hey, grandma, like next year, we're going to find the, the next piece and then we'll find the next piece and then we'll, we'll get the gift in a few years. Like, no, I want you to be like a child chasing a gift. Don't just be open to the Holy Spirit, but pursue the Holy Spirit, whether it's being filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time, or maybe this has happened in your life before and you're saying, I want to be refilled. I want to be refilled. Like you're chasing a gift. We're, we're like, we're spraining ankles. We're sprinting, running over each other because we're like, there's a, there's a gift. That the Holy Spirit is a gift. And even if you just have one piece of it, just continue to pursue the Holy Spirit. But what, what does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit? First, the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. And I'm not going to talk a lot about this, but next class is something where if you have not gone through, we talk through our beliefs and we're able to talk through the Trinity a lot more if you have any more questions. But the Holy Spirit is God. But also I want to let you know that the Holy Spirit was always there. I grew up in a culture where I felt like the Holy Spirit just appeared. No, the Holy Spirit was always there. It says this in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. At the very beginning, when there was darkness that reigned, the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters. And in a moment, darkness no longer reigned. In a moment, 
and went from dark to light. And I believe that if you walked into this place and maybe, maybe you feel like darkness has been hovering over you, maybe you feel like anxiety has been hovering over you or fear has been hovering over you, or, or maybe you walked into a doctor's appointment this week and, and that thing that they said has been hovering over you. I don't know what it is, but the Holy Spirit is the one who always existed. He's the one that can transform lives and take something that is dark and turn it into light. That, break, that, that breakthrough is happening, that freedom is happening. The Holy Spirit is always there, but also the Holy Spirit appeared. See, Jesus rose from the grave, then he's with his disciples and he was gonna go back up to the right hand of the Father and it says this in John 16, but here's the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the divine encourager will not be released to you. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. But after I depart, I will send him to you. So the Holy Spirit was always there, but also there's moments where the Holy Spirit appeared, right? The Holy Spirit is always here, but there's moments in worship, there's moments where you feel like, man, the Holy Spirit speaks, the Holy Spirit moves, the Holy Spirit does something in your life. The Holy Spirit was always there, but also there's moments where the Holy Spirit just appears. Also, the Holy Spirit is available. I was talking to my brother and I'm the first person in my family that's really pursuing the gifts of the Holy Spirit and really pursuing the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I was talking to my brother, Nick, and he's beginning to ask these questions, which I love. And I remember one question almost made me like take a step back. He said, so do you have to be a pastor to be able to receive this gift? And I said, what? No, like it's available to everyone. And I want to refute any lie that you feel like you're not worthy. You are worthy. Like Jesus gives this gift to you, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's not like we walked into family Christmas that year and grandma said, hey, this is just for Nick and Ben because they were good this year. Hey, Dan, wasn't the best year for you. Like this gift is not for you. No, he, the gift was for everybody. That the Holy Spirit is for everybody that just calls on his name, that pursues the Holy Spirit like a child does a gift. The Holy Spirit was always there. The Holy Spirit appears. The Holy Spirit is available. It says this in Matthew 7, ask and the gift is yours. Seek and you'll discover. Knock and the door will be opened. For every persistent one will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he longs for. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. And the Holy Spirit is active. The Holy Spirit's not just in the Bible. Sometimes we read things in the Bible if we think, oh, that's cool. Like we read the book of Acts and we think that, wow, revival's happening. Like God's doing something and we forget that's the same Holy Spirit that's here. That the Holy Spirit is still active in people's lives. That has radically changed my life. That has radically changed, I know a lot of people in this place's lives. And it says this in Ephesians 1. I read it before, but I'll read it again. I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing him personally. And I just want to talk about why I titled this message from grace to grace, because there's the initial grace that happens. And at, at the end of each service, we have the opportunity for people to give their lives to Jesus. And, and when you just call on the name of Jesus, when you just do what it says in Romans 10, 9, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And in that moment, that's knowing Jesus personally. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. And the Holy Spirit's in you for you. It's a beautiful thing when you walk towards a Christmas tree and you see a gift, one of the biggest gifts of all time, and you see it and it says your name on it. I remember looking to my brother, that's Ben, like, that's my gift. And the Holy Spirit is in you for you. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, we're going to have an opportunity at the end of this service. But when that happens, the Holy Spirit lives inside you and the Holy Spirit's in you for you. The gift is for you. 
And the Holy Spirit has many jobs. The Holy Spirit, as he's in you, he has jobs to help you, to pray for you, to guide you, to teach you, to give you identity, to give you security, to testify that you are a child of God, to reveal things to you, to comfort you, to bring you joy, to bring you freedom, to renew you, to transform you, to give you life. The Holy Spirit has jobs, and as you continue to follow Jesus, um, my prayer for you and my prayer for myself is to begin to learn the voice of the Holy Spirit and to be able to reject anything that's not. I woke up yesterday morning, and if you've been following Jesus long enough, you probably have had a morning like this, where it was Saturday, it was a time to hang out, just get ready for Sunday, right? And uh, I, I was sleeping, and I was like half asleep, and... The, only, the best way that I could describe it is just, I felt shame. Like I just felt shame come upon me and I began to like try to like figure it out. Like, was it something that I did? Like, did I forget to do something? Like why? And I began to figure it out. And then I began to realize like, why am I wasting my time? This voice, this thing that's allowing me to feel shame, this is not the Holy Spirit. This is the enemy, the one that's trying to steal, kill and destroy my life. And so I reject it. I reject it in the name of Jesus. And I just want to tell that story because sometimes we feel that way. But as you follow Jesus, you'll begin to be familiar with the Holy Spirit's voice. And you'll begin to be guided by the Holy Spirit, the promptings of the Holy Spirit when he tells you to move this way, when he tells you to say hi to this person, when he, when he teaches you, when he comforts you. Right? If, if a random number called me on my phone right now and I answered or, and it was my brother, he just could say, what's up? And if it was my brother right away. What's up, Brian? How you doing? Like, I know his voice. It's my whole life I've spent with him. And as you walk with Jesus, you'll be familiar with the Holy Spirit and what he's trying to do. And it's time to follow the Holy Spirit, but also there's times to reject the things that not the Holy Spirit, the things that are trying to steal, the things that are trying to kill your call. But the second thing is also you need to trust the Holy Spirit's timing. That those things that I listed, all those things, I believe that he can bring in his perfect timing. And contentment is not found in your season. Contentment is found in the Holy Spirit. And so often we're trying to find the solution, but actually we need, need to just find the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we're trying to find the solution. I, I think about like this, this analogy of getting gifts and we're going from room to room to room trying to find the solution. We're trying to find like this gift and all along it was like right there. It was in the garage. And I think in our lives sometimes, at least for me, I'm trying to find everything that the world has to offer. And I'm going to all these different rooms and the Holy Spirit says, I'm here. All you got to do is open up the door. Don't try to look for a solution. I believe that the Holy Spirit will bring you exactly what you need in his perfect timing. All you got to do is just, just be patient. All you got to do is just believe that if it's joy or if it's, if it's, he needs to teach you something, or if he's walking, walking you through a situation to give you greater strength, whatever it is, Believe in his timing. The Holy Spirit's in you for you, but also the Holy Spirit's on you. The Holy Spirit's on you for others. I think about this. It's like soap. I'm not talking scripture, observation, application, and prayer. That's our Bible reading plan, which is great. I'm talking actual soap. It's a gift for you. I'm thankful that I can work out, take a shower, and smell good. And I'm sure you're thankful as well that I can take a shower and smell good, that I'm not smelling bad up here, right? right? The soap is, is a gift for me, but also is a gift for you. It's the same thing. The Holy Spirit on your life is a gift for you, but also it's a gift for others. 
See, there's a difference between the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which is when you believe. This happened when I was six years old. When I raised my hand, I said, I believe in Jesus. The Holy Spirit lived inside of me, what I was just talking about. It's the indwelling. But also there's the infilling, two separate accounts, two separate moments. It says it in Acts chapter 19. Paul traveled on through the regions of Turkey until he arrived to Ephesus, where he found a group of 12 followers of Jesus. The first thing he asked them was, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? No, they replied. We've not even heard of a Holy Spirit. Then what was the meaning of your baptism? They responded. It meant that we would follow John's teaching. Paul said, John's baptism was one for those who were turning from their sins and he taught you to believe in and follow the one who was coming after him, Jesus, the anointed one. When they understood this, they were baptized into the authority of Jesus, the anointed one. When Paul laid his hands on each of the 12, the Holy Spirit manifested and immediately spoke in tongues and prophesied. It's the indwelling, but also the infilling. And I'm just gonna talk to you for the rest of this service about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's in the Bible, right? All throughout Acts, all throughout the New Testament, it's talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit was for them, the Holy Spirit's for you. If the Holy Spirit's for them, the Holy Spirit's for you. And, and what happens when you get filled with the Holy Spirit is it brings sight. It brings vision for your life. Stephen, he's about to be martyred. He's being stoned to death for preaching the name of Jesus. And it says this in Acts 7, the Jewish leaders were infuriated by, Jesus, by Stephen's accusations and they shook their fist at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into the heavens and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, look, I see the heavens open and the son of man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. It brings vision for your life. It brings vision for Jesus. It brings vision for where he's calling you to go. He brings vision for the people in this city. And, and it's not about the placement of his eyes. It's not where his eyes were placed. It's where his heart was postured. See, seeing with your eyes and seeing with your heart is completely different things. There's no way that Stephen would have been able to stand firm for Jesus Christ while rocks are being thrown at him if, if his heart was not fixed on where he was calling him. It wasn't just his eyes. He was looking up, but that was a symbol of what his heart was doing. His heart was saying, I'm looking up to Jesus. I give you my heart. That there's a difference between where your eyes are placed and where your heart is postured. Ephesians 1.8, the NIV translation says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which you are called. There's two different things. And for me, uh, I just went on a global team about six months ago and it was a powerful time. And long story short, there was somebody on the team who uh, have, has been taking a lot of steps to faithfulness and has been obedient and God has been transforming her life. And we were at a young adult service and she had the opportunity to share her testimony and she began to speak and she was like shaking up there. I mean, it, it was powerful though. I mean, God, God was rocking her in that moment. And I'm sitting on the front row, like, like cheering her on, like, amen in, that's good. Come on, somebody, like everything she said. And while I'm doing that, the missionary that we were supporting 
who is amazing, uh, her name's Carolyn, was in the back row and she just was first like kind of talking softly. And then as her testimony began to come to a close, she, she like kept talking louder and louder and in my, like, it just kept going on the entire time. And I'm thinking like, do I say something? Like I'm leading this trip. Do I stand up and be like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm thinking through all the scenarios in my head. Like she's a missionary. I probably shouldn't do that. Like, why is she, why is she talking? Like she's pouring her heart out, you know? And I was like this close to turn around and being like, Hey, Carolyn, can, like testimony, like can we, and I, as I turned around, like I saw she was translating for the person that didn't understand English. And my heart in that moment opened up like, oh, thank you, Lord, for giving me that check in my spirit that I didn't actually say anything. Seeing with your eyes and seeing with your heart are two completely different things. This happens in our, in our culture all the time. It's like, why, why are you a jerk? Like, why are you so mean to me? Like, what did I do to you? And then you meet their parents and you're like, oh, makes sense and you begin to have empathy for them. Or, or you begin to say like, uh, you begin to see that they're walking through the most difficult season of their life. And you begin to have empathy for them. And it do doesn't justify what they've done to you, but your heart begins to open up to them. Seeing with your heart and seeing with your eyes are completely different things that happened in the Bible. You think about David, like the, the prophet comes to anoint the next king and all, all David's brothers are probably lined up thinking it's me. Like, I think it's gonna be me. And he bypasses all of them and goes to David. And in 1 Samuel 16, it says, anoint him. And those brothers saw David grow up, but their heart opened up maybe for the first time. Oh, maybe we underestimated David. Like, wait, he's going to be king? What happened to Joseph? Joseph's in prison, and then uh, Pharaoh needed a, a dream to be interpreted. And so all the people in the kingdom could not interpret the dream. And so finally, they brought Joseph up to the palace, and he interpreted this dream. And they're probably like, wait, who, who's this person? their heart began to open up. This happened with Jesus. A father came to Jesus with a demon-possessed boy, and I love this phrase, but he walks up desperately and just says, hey, if you can, can you heal my boy? And Jesus probably is like, what? Like, if I can, like, do you understand that I'm the author and the perfecter of your faith? Do you understand that I'm fully God? Do you understand that I'm like the great healer? Like, if I can, and in that moment, that father's heart was opened up. And for you, as you continue to be like that child pursuing the Holy Spirit, my prayer for you is that your heart will begin to open up to the Holy Spirit, that your heart will begin to open up to the people in this city. And I believe that, that the Holy Spirit will give you vision, vision to love people better. And loving people is less about finding people and it's more about just focusing on the person in front of you. And so often in my life, I'm like, God, would you use me? Holy Spirit, would you speak? God, would you give me a, a word of encouragement for somebody? Like, and I, I spend all that time praying and in the midst of it, I miss like six or seven different people that I just walked past on the street. And God always says like, like I'm bringing you people all the time. All you gotta do is like get to know their name. All you gotta do is like get to know their story. All you gotta do is like just stand there and look them in the eyes and just say, hey, thanks so much for serving me coffee. Thanks so much for being my coworker. Thanks so much for being here. It's, it's less about finding people. It's more about focusing on the people in front of you. And the same thing with the Holy Spirit. It's less about finding the Holy Spirit. My least favorite phrase is this, I found God. Like, you did not find God. 
like God found you, that he was always here and you don't have to find the Holy Spirit. All you got to do is focus on his faithfulness, that he's hovering right now in this place, that in your situation, you may be walking through the worst season of your life, but the Holy Spirit is there. And all you got to do is fix your heart, not just your eyes, fix your heart on his faithfulness and begin to speak truth over your life. It's not about finding the Holy Spirit. It's just simply focusing on his faithfulness, that he's been there the whole time. Being filled with the Holy Spirit brings power. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Brings you power. So you, you have your plans and I love plans. I love calendars. I, I, I love like vision for your life, where, where I see, but I, I want to throw out my plans and I want to focus in on God's power. Because oftentimes I overestimate what I can do within my power and my plans. And I underestimate what, what God can do, what the Holy Spirit can do with his plans and his power. So often I think, man, I, th- I thought you'd bring the healing by now. It's been six months. I thought you'd bring the promotion by now. I thought you'd bring that person into my life that we can be in a relationship. I, th- I thought you'd bring the favor by now. I for sure felt you, like you, you were speaking that into my life and it's been six months and I love that we serve a God that, that honors faithfulness and he says, hey, it's been six months, but would you just hold on just six more months because I, I'm actually gonna take your plans and turn them into my power and I'm gonna be able to do something exceedingly abundantly than you could ask or imagine. Like we underestimate what we can do in our short amount of time with our plans. And what God can do, we underestimate it. God takes your plans and turns them into his power. Turns them to his power that he's the God of faithfulness, but also he's the God that moves in a moment. And I believe just like he turned darkness to light, that he can move in this moment right now at the 5 p.m. service. And that moment will tur- turn into momentum. Momentum into your family. Momentum into your finances. Momentum into your future. Ephesians 1.19, I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of his immense power as it works through you. That your lives will be an advertisement. Right? They'll be looking at you. Wait, she started that business? Wait, how did they pay off their loans that quickly? Wait, I thought he was struggling with anxiety. I thought they just got that report back from the doctor. You'll begin to confuse people. You'll be an advertisement for his power because your plans may say brokenness and your plans may say failure or your plans may say, hey, anxiety or fear or, or, or cancer or that might be your plans, but God's power says something different. And I want to be a living testimony. I want this campus to be a living testimony, not for my plans, but for God's power in our lives. A.W. Tozer, this is a heater quote, so get ready. It says, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference. I want to build a life, not on my plans. I want to build my life on God's power where the only explanation is Jesus. The only explanation is the Holy Spirit moving. People walk up confused and be like, do you understand the God that we serve? I have one more point, but I'm gonna skip it because I believe God's moving and we're gonna continue to worship here in a moment. If the Holy Spirit's for them, he's for you. 
if the Holy Spirit is for me, he's for you. I told you a little bit about my testimony, but I wanna share for the next five minutes, just the testimony of how the Holy Spirit grabbed a hold of my life. I gave, my life when I gave my life to Jesus when I was six years old and I've been a Christian most of my life, but for 23 years, I never once prayed to the Holy Spirit. For 23 years, I thought the Holy Spirit was an it, not a him. No, the Holy Spirit's God, it's not an it. Holy Spirit got a hold of my life when I walked through River Valley Church three years ago and we were walking through a sermon series called Greater Gifts and Pastor Rob was preaching and he felt like he was speaking right to me. He spoke to me and that began the journey of, of not being open to the Holy Spirit. That began the journey of, of pursuing the filling of the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't an easy journey. Right? God can move in a moment, but also he can move in months. And it was months of prayer. It was months of fasting. It was months of just like getting on my knees, praying for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it, and it didn't happen. And honestly, I got discouraged. It didn't make sense. I don't understand it still. I'm, st I'm pursuing you, Holy Spirit, but I don't understand you. And I, I got discouraged to the spot where I stopped pursuing and maybe that's where you are. Maybe there's been a moment of your life where you've really pursued the Holy Spirit, but because you feel like he hasn't spoken to you the way you've, you've wanted him to speak to you, you've kind of stopped pursuing. That's where I was. And I was driving one day and I felt so clearly the Holy Spirit say, you need to talk to Pastor Kirk about this. Pastor Kirk was the campus pastor before I was a campus pastor and I was interning under him at the time and I remember texting him right away and said, I know we have a schedule plan to talk about this, but can we talk about the Holy Spirit? And he was all about it. And so we met a few days later and I had 10 questions. Again, the Holy Spirit didn't make sense. And I think in one message, it's not gonna click. That's why I'm thankful that we're doing a whole series on this. I'm thankful that we have things like Holy Spirit retreat where to get to learn more about the Holy Spirit. It's an, it's an ongoing adventure. It's an ongoing journey learning more about the Holy Spirit. And for me, I, I sat across the booth of a coffee shop for my pa with my pastor and I, I had a list of 10 questions asking him about the Holy Spirit, asking him about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I was in the middle of my questions and I remember him saying something like this. He said, hey, uh, I normally don't do this, but he said, I feel an overwhelming power of the Holy Spirit and we're gonna stop our meeting right now and you're gonna go into your car and you're just gonna worship. And you're gonna turn that thing up as loud as it goes and you're just gonna worship with everything that you got. And that was the moment that my life was radically changed. And when I think back on that, right, I'm human and, and many times I get it wrong. But I, when I look back on that, when I was sitting across the table from Pastor Kirk and, and, and he said, we're, we're, we're gonna stop now, you're gonna go. I felt the voice of God clearer than I ever have. And he just said this, this is why I brought you to Minnesota. See, I came, I thought I was gonna marry my wife, which I did, and that was a beautiful thing. I thought I was coming to get a ministry position and, and God opened up those doors, but I felt so clearly. The Holy Spirit say, this is why I brought you here. And I just wanna encourage somebody, if you got anything out of the message, I want it to be this. I believe that God has set you in this season so that you could see the Holy Spirit. 
God has set you in this season, good season or bad season, so that you could see the Holy Spirit because there's not a shot that I would be able to fulfill a call that God has placed on my life without being filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, I had my plans and there's no way that it could measure up if I wasn't baptized and if I wasn't filled with power, if I wasn't filled with greater love, if I wasn't filled with vision for my life. That if you're here in this place, that God has placed a massive call in your life. It's not just pastors or leaders. It's every single person from, from the front to the back has a call to reach this city for Jesus Christ. You have a call to walk greater into your gift. You have a call to do greater things than you could ever imagine. But it's not going to happen unless you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, unless you open up your heart and say, I'm not just open up to you. I'm going to desire you. I'm going to pursue you with everything that I have. That I believe that you're brought to this season. And maybe for the longest time, you're like, why did I, why am I here? Why am I here? You're brought to this season so that you could see the Holy Spirit, so that your heart, you just, just crack open and just, just a little bit of your heart to the Holy Spirit and he can do miraculous things in your life. And you'll be doing things that you could not even imagine. So we're gonna close out this, this message. We're gonna have